Welcome to the Competitive 40K Podcast, brought to you by Vanguard Tactics. It's our mission to help you play, progress, and perform at this incredible game of Warhammer 40K, keeping sportsmanship and fair play at its absolute core. I'm your host, Dave Colmel, an Army marksman on a mission to help find a single private and return him to his family. Assisting me on this mission, once again, is my good friend and 40K mentor. He's one of the coaches of Vanguard Tactics and the Imperial Guard Faction Specialist for the VT Academy. He is the Captain Miller to my private Jackson, Mr. Mike Costello. Mike, how's it going? Good, thank you. Um, Honoured to be Captain Miller. Um, although with my recent dive into Band of Brothers, maybe I'll play a more Winters role because um, he's a big hero yeah. uh, in, in that genre. Yeah, well, we can, we can hope that, that uh, come LVO time, you will be um, the big hero. So the biggest of big heroes. Uh, but first, let's uh, before we get into talking about uh, upcoming events, let's talk about Siege Studios, uh, our fantastic sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, if you need anything commission painted from everything from Battle Ready up to Golden Demon Standard, look no further than Siege Studios. And also uh, go on their website. Uh, they've got a tuition page now, so you can actually go on there and just um, click the link and you can fl- sign up for one of their upcoming classes or sign up for one-to-one tutorials. Uh, I just signed up for another one-to-one um, with uh, James so I can uh, help get a little extra help on my Votan. So uh, I definitely recommend checking them out, guys. Uh, as far as the Academy, um, Academy's between sessions right now, right, Mike? Well, it's oh, the doors are open. Um, so as the time of uh, you beautiful listeners hearing this, um, we will have maybe just closed the doors. So probably accepting a few late entries if you did want to jump on the, um, the Academy for the December season uh, intake. Uh, and then it'll be kicking off on the 19th of December. Um, so you won't have much to catch up on uh, if you sign up straight after this one. But just hop over to the site, um, click on Learn with VT, join the Academy. You'll see there's a couple of three options in there. Um, pick the one you like. And uh, yeah, it's definitely not too late to join. Um, but we are just kicking off another uh, VT Academy season. Awesome. Uh, and then the uh, uh, the Competitive 40K Podcast Community Facebook page is still uh, rocking and rolling. Uh, the password for the month of December is going to be Leontus, L-E-O-N-T-U-S, Leontus. So uh, if you guys have not yet signed up for the community Facebook page, I don't know what you're waiting for. we got great conversation going on over there, not to mention that's the place to drop your rules lawyer questions, uh, which is making a fantastic return today. Um, and anything else, just, you know, it's just a great place to go in and get some uh, army list help and talk about the academy. And um, yeah, so. It's a great place to, to, to chat with like-minded individuals who are all about sportsmanship and fair play. So uh, go on over to Facebook, jump on the Competitive 40K Podcast community Facebook page, Password Leontis, and join the conversation. Uh, and don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, with, we are now just over a month away from the Las Vegas Open. If you are going to be in the Vegas area at the, uh, for the last weekend of uh, January, you should be going to the grand tournament. I know tickets are already sold out, but you can also still, I think there's still tickets available for some of the friendly and RTTs and some of the other small stuff, not to mention they just announced um, Duncan Rhodes is going to be there for doing painting uh, classes and stuff. So go online and check it out. And even if you can't get a ticket to one of the events, you can still sign up for the LVO workshop. Uh, Steven's going to be there. Mike's going to be there. Kyle, Ben, um, all of the, pretty much the entire VT crew, um, including Matt Laura, who was last year's uh, custodies champion. Everybody's going to be there. So please go, please come and check out the workshop. Um, I will be there with my lovely wife. Obviously we will not be teaching because we're not that good. Um, but no, we will be, <laughs> we'll be there too. Uh, so come check us out, come say hi and uh, sign up for the workshop. It'll be a fantastic hands-on uh, experience. So, um, and uh, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, leave us a five-star review. If you like all of uh, the content that we're putting out on this, please help us uh, spread the word about this podcast. Um, if you want to find us on social media, you can find Mike on Instagram at, at VT underscore Mike underscore. You can find me on Instagram at, at Infantry Lawyer 40K. And don't forget, uh, you can also uh, to check out www.vanguardtactics.com to get more information about the Academy. And don't forget to go to YouTube and check out all the Vanguard Tactics stream games and other content there. Uh, they, Mike and uh, Steve actually went through and did a lot deeper dive on the vt or on the uh, ig codex i'm still gonna call my g i'm too old school i can't the astromel term is too much of a mouthful i like ig Pure i guard. think even newer players are calling them guard i think so too i think it's I just think one of those things die. That, yeah i don't yeah I, I, they, they are the imperial guard you can call that you, you can you can you know you can fancy up the name all you want but the, at the end of the day they're still the imperial guard so that name much like uh, the the cadians the planet will crack before that name changes so 
anyway, uh, we do have a review today. It is uh, uh, from uh, Benji Bojangles on Apple Podcasts. Uh, he said, finally get to do a review. Uh, at LGT 2022, after some top expert coaching, and even though I was late, the lovely Cuddles Jack took me through some sound planning of board control I had not considered. Mike assisted with Chaos Faction queries expertly, and overall I felt enthused to go into LGT ready. Got one win, four losses, 100% better than last year, and again had the best time. Sporting play is always my goal, and the VT chaps are the exemplar templars of this. Thanks for that, and the podcast so useful, insightful, and clear. I would recommend the Academy, but I just wish there was more of this good stuff. Thank you all. Nice truck, Ben. Red ones go faster. And Dave, the gorgeous American, ever needs a fellow X-Forces chap uh, location to hang out in the UK. He can stay with me. I appreciate that. Thank you, sir. Uh, he says he does have an Emperor's Children dungeon in his second home, uh, though, so that flawless and perfect alert right there. I'm very concerned now. Hugo, Ben Crowther, uh, thank you very much, sir. You are a gentleman and a legend. Uh, now, we also have a rules lawyer question. Uh, this one is from uh, Ryan. I'm going to absolutely butcher your name. Uh, Carrer. Uh, or carer uh, he's actually uh, a guy in the u.s i know because he plays uh, some of the t- local um, events around me uh, he posted in the uh, community facebook page does the counter offensive stratagem take place uh, take the place of you selecting your unit to fight next or does it happen in addition mike so my take is it happens in addition really yeah all right how do you th- how do you how do you figure that the, the timing works on that well, so you interrupt your opponent, and then it says that you can fight immediately with one of your units. Okay. Right. Um, it's just a very confusing one, right? I think in most cases it doesn't matter because what's happened is um, your opponent's charged you, okay? Uh, and then you will interrupt. And then when you interrupt, your unit essentially counts as fighting in that bracket. Right. So when it comes to ongoing combats, you could still go next if your opponent didn't have any other charging units. If that makes sense. See, I never even think about doing it when you're when you've gotten to the round two normal flow of combat, like regular ongoing combat, because I I always see it get played to deal with you know when there's multiple charges and you want to get your shot in before a unit gets picked up. Yeah. So anyway, I, as far as ongoing combat. I just figured, if, why would you bother interrupting? Because you know you're going to get the fight next anyway. But I guess I never thought about. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah. So it's a yeah. I know that you can interrupt off someone else's interrupt. Yeah. And then it gets very confusing. Um, yeah, but- I don't know if that I don't know that you can use it because you you were interrupting after someone else goes. So why if, yeah. if it's if it's ongoing combat, I don't think you would bother. So. Um, at least generally speaking, I don't think you, you would want to or care to, but I don't know. It gets very confusing once Fight, fight First goes in there as well. Um, yeah. But in, in general, it only matters if there is Fight First involved, I'm pretty sure. Right. Um, Usually you're not going to spend the 2 CP if you're going to... No, because you... Yeah, okay. Interesting. Very interesting. So uh, my opponent charges... So Dave charges me. Um, with two units, he fights first with one unit and maybe wounds one of mine. So I interrupt with the other unit that's just been charged and fight, but then I don't have any other units that are in the same bracket. So they're not, there's no other units of mine that are fight first, so it would go back to Dave and his second charging unit, in which case it doesn't matter. Yeah. The rules text says, use this stratagem after an enemy unit has fought in this turn. Select one of your eligible units and fight with it next. So if you someone charges you, or even mm-hmm. if it's ongoing combat, so say it's ongoing combat, it's your opponent's turn, you fight with somebody, then they fight, and then yeah. you spend two CP to fight next, but you've gone. So then it's, I would say it's back to them again. It's a waste of two CP. Hmm. What a strange scenario. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, so, I, buy it. I, th- I think it comes down to the um, when you choose ruling, so the, the step-by-step of the combat phase. And when it says, you know, if it says you alternate or after one player has finished attacking with their unit, then the other player now strikes, then you're, I think you're absolutely right. Um, you would uh, use your turn with the interrupt, essentially. Yeah, you'd be, you because it's, it's just going to say, because the rules, the regular rules say each player alternates activating a unit to fight 
So once you've activated a, a unit to fight, if you even if you spent two CP on counteroffensive, mm-hmm. you're done. So now you, 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 you have gone, and now you alternate. Yep. So you would yep. go; it would go back to them. So you'd be wasting two CP. So the only time you would really yep. care to use this is if someone's gotten multiple fight firsts or multiple charges. You know they're on that accelerated yep. rank of going, and you want to get your shot in. I think it's really important though, and I will go through this this specific scenario because it happened to me at a recent event. So my opponent in their turn has one ongoing combat with one of my units, and they've charged two of my units with two of theirs, right? Right. Um, so let's say that, that you're my opponent here, Dave. Um, you've charged two of my units, and we've got an ongoing combat. Right. Okay. So um, let's say you fight with your two units, uh, and maybe I interrupt with a unit. Okay, or you fight with... This is so confusing. You yeah. fight me with one unit, I interrupt, then you fight me with another unit. And again, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. The example I'm trying to think of. Right. So I, I charge I charge your your termagants with my hearth guard. Yep. I charge your Tyranid warriors with my um berserks. And we have ongoing combat between a ter- between a Carnifex and a a call. That's mm-hmm. ongoing. So then I charge you with my hearth guard. I fight your termagants. You want to make sure your Tyranid warriors get their shot in against my berserkers. So you interrupt your Tyranid mm-hmm. warriors fight. Somehow my berserks have one guy left. Then they go. Uh, and then it would go to ongoing combat. And then I would get my call would fight first. And then it would be. I've, no, I've then realized. your carnifex would go. Then it would be your carnifex would go because of ongoing combat. Yeah, I've realized the scenario, Dave. I've realized the scenario. Okay, so here's, here's what's happened. All right. All right. Um, you've charged me with uh, a unit of berserks and a Carl. Yeah. And we've got an ongoing combat uh, with some, I don't know, my warriors versus your. I don't know, a Sagittarius or something. Right. Okay, so you go first with your Carl, let's say. Okay. I interrupt against your Hearthguard. Right. I kill your Hearthguard. Okay, so I wipe them out. Right. Yeah. So now we go on to the ongoing step, which would go to me. Yeah. Because it's your turn. Right, yes, because now you've gone to a different step. Exactly. Of, I think so in that's that case, distinction. Yes, yes. In that situation, it would be in addition to because you would be because now we've gone to a different step of of combat. We've gone to ongoing combats, and we've 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 surpassed charges and fight first stuff. And now we're just doing ongoing. So now you've you've gone to the next step. So now you sort of reset. And all right, now whose turn is it? I'll fight first to clear out of the way. Then you go to ongoing. So yeah, and that, that's what happened in a game against me. And I I, I think that's probably what our um, listeners probably asking about. Right. Okay. Yeah, he had a longer description, but I didn't I didn't copy paste it all the way over to my Google Doc. So my bad. <laughs> but Ryan, hopefully that answered your question. Um, I'm sure you'll message me if I didn't. Uh, anyway, so that is that. Um, upcoming events. Um, I'm going to be going to uh, the Grimdark New Year 40K Major down in Valdosta, South Georgia. Um, I believe there's going to be some. Uh, that, that's a it's a big event. We you know four times a year. Um, Robert has these big events uh, down there in Valdosta area. We get a lot of people over from uh, up from Florida as well as a whole bunch of people from all over Georgia and South Carolina. So. Uh, if it, it's a really good event, if you're in the southwest or southeast of the U.S., you should. There's still tickets available. You should sign up. Uh, there's also a ton of prize support. He is just stacking up prize support too, which is great. Um, Mike, are you going to Nottingham? Um, I think there's some talk of it. Um, there's also talk of a practice weekend for LVO because obviously we want to take it really, uh, not really seriously. Obviously, in the VT spirit, seriously, um, and we'd all like to get some practice in because it we're going as such a big group. We may not go to LVO again as such a big group in the future. So it'd be yeah. nice to get the practice in this one time and just give yeah. it all our, our best. Yeah, I was I was trying to explain to somebody the other day like how many people are all of us staying in that Airbnb house because there's a lot of us. Yes. I so, cannot wait. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be it's gonna be a, an a, an entire weekend of nonstop uh 40k talk and everybody yelling at Kyle to stop talking about the towel. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's gonna be awesome. So uh, but let's get on to our main topic now. Um, the the Imperial Guard, the Astra Militarum. We we promised last week we were going to get into all the broader scope stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, let's do that. So um, we want to start with what regimental rules? Yeah, detachment abilities. Uh, first bit in the book. It's actually quite it's actually quite a short section of the book. 
all of this starting stuff, um, which is nice. And the Crusade stuff's all the way at the back of the book. Um, so definitely get your hands on this book if, you, if, if you're interested, um, because it's really well organized, I think. Uh, we kick off with the Astra Militarum Detachment at Belize. So they gain the Chain of Command ability. Right. So this means that if you've got a character model that is not an officer, you can't select a character model that's not an officer to be your warlord if you have an officer in the army. That makes sense, right? Right. Um, you can include a maximum of one keyword commandant um, in each detachment of your, com- of your army. Uh, and if you include a commandant, you cannot select a different officer to be your warlord, with the exception of Lord Solar Leontus. And obviously, if you have Lord Solar Leontus, he has to be your warlord. Yes, because as we discussed last week, he is the supreme commander for Astro Militar. Yes. And if for some reason you're running someone like Gilliman, who also has to be your warlord, um, then you have to pick one of those models to be your warlord. Right. Although if you're running both of those in some sort of odd soup imperial army, I want to see that list because that's going to be a mess. (laughs) (laughs) Or really some sort of level of brilliance that I've never contemplated. Yeah. Um, Right. Uh, Then we have uh, regimental units in Astra Militarum detachments gain the Born Soldiers Regimental Doctrine. Uh, If you wish, you can replace it with a regimental doctrine of your own choosing. And we'll move on to that very swiftly, um, but there's a few more points here. Um, A lot of units have the regimental keyword. Obviously, it's pretty much replacing the old regiment keyword or your chapter keyword, etc. But there are very specifically units that do not have it as well. Now, um, for you Tempestus fans, uh, if every unit in a uh, Militarum detachment has the Tempestus, Officio Perfectus, Commissars, or Militarum Auxilia, so non-regimental add-ons, then your Tempestus Scions units have the troops battlefield role instead of elites. Um, So you can run basically a full Militarum Tempestus detachment. Uh, And in addition... Um, and this goes for all detachments that are mit- militarum, the troops gain objectives secured. Okay. Cool. Cool. That is that. Yeah. And there are no, this is, this book is different because we don't have a bunch of sub factions, do we? They, we're not looking at Talarn and, nope. and, and Cadian and Cadishan and all those. I mean, Cadian and Cadishan are units, but they are not mm-hmm. sub factors. We don't have, you know, American conglomerate and Cronus hegemony and, Greater Thurian League. We don't. There's no chapters, leagues, orders, no. sub factions, regiments. None of that. All we got gone. rid of a bit of a uh, bit of bloat there, in my opinion. Um, might be controversial, but um, you can build your own versions of each of the main regiments anyway through some of the doctrines. And I'll talk about some combos in a bit. Yeah, because there's there's regimental doctrines, and you just mm-hmm. pick you pick one or two of these. Uh, you pick two. Um, pick so two. your army okay. starts base with this Born Soldiers Regimental Doctrine, right? Um, which is on the Detachment Abilities page. Um, you get the Born Soldiers keyword, and while uh, your officers gain an ability um, where you get to use the officers' leadership for platoon units within six inches of them, uh, which is nice. Um, and in addition, a ranged attack's unmodified hit roll of six automatically wounds the target, and it counts as an unmodified six to wound. All right. Cool. Until maybe one day it doesn't because of an FAQ. But for now, right. it counts as a six to wound as well. Right. Although, but it's not fours, fives, and sixes counting as a six to wound. So I can see where no. they might not yeah. quite nerf that <laughs> the same way that other we'll get to that, unfortunate we'll get factions to that. did. Um, yeah. But, you know, when you have 9,000 guys out there with las guns pumping mm-hmm. out a bunch of shots, that can still definitely afford quite a bit of benefit. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you can replace that with two of the regimental doctrines from this list. Uh, there is one that you can only take it and no others. Um, but uh, shall I go through all of these, Dave? I don't know that we need to go through all of them, but because um, there is two full there's pages. There's 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 a fair few here. I can summarize them. They're very. Yeah. Yes. Give me, give me two or three of your favorites. How about that? Okay, yeah. So um, one of my favorites is mechanized infantry. You gain the mechanized keyword, um, and you can disembark after your transport's made a normal move. However, neither the unit that was embarked or the transport are eligible to declare a charge, and the unit that disembarked can't then normal move as well. So basically, get out your transports after they've moved, um, but you can't move again afterwards, and you can't charge. 
very, very useful. Then another big one, armored superiority. You gain the armored superiority keyword. Uh, now, some of these will give you a keyword. I'm going to stop saying that bit for them. Um, Sentinel models with this doctrine count as three models on objectives. Titanic count as 10. And all other vehicle models count as five when determining who's controlling an objective marker. Very good. Yeah, very good. One of the issues with Guard previously was that a tank couldn't really contest an objective. Now it's great. Right. Um, right. And then two more for me uh, because... One of them I really like, and the other one is is pretty funny. Um, so the Expert Bombardiers is an artillery-focused one. This is the one I like. Um, you gain a keyword. Uh, and each time an artillery model with this doctrine makes a range attack, if the target of that attack is within 12 of and visible to a friendly Vox caster or Sentinel unit, add one to the attack's hit roll. Pretty much all your infantry can have Vox casters. Yeah. Uh, even your command squad. Um, and you get additional bonuses, of course, if you've got a Master of Ordnance in there, uh, as we mentioned uh, in the previous uh, episode. Yeah. But that's a really good one for artillery. I like that one. Yep. Nice uh, nice little uh, forward observer rule there. So you can dial in your dial in your uh, indirect fire. And, oh, speaking of which, mm-hmm. as of now, the uh, data slate has not been changed. The indirect fire rule is still such that Imperial Guard are getting that. They're the only ones that don't suffer the... Uh, the penalties for indirect fire, like nothing in this book changes that, right? Uh, so nothing in the book changes it. However, the power of the book does suggest that it will be going away. So stuff oh. like this plus one to hit is probably to try and offset the minus one to hit from the indirect um, nerf. We uh, shall so see when, when we the shall see. data slate. Yeah. Um, if you're playing with this book as it is at the moment, what I'd really recommend is trying to play it without both Armor of Contempt and the indirect fire. And then if we find out that they keep it, you'll be able to play the game so much better, right? Because you'll have limited yourself previously and now uh, you're going to be so much stronger because you've got those buffs. Yeah. So um, I'd try and play it to my own detriment as we do at Vanguard Tactics just in case because uh, we don't want the, the sort of feels bad um, issue cropping up. Yeah. Um, enough about that silly artillery. We don't need yes. that. Um, my auto take, always one of my two choices, swift as the wind, like Talan's infamous masters of the lightning ambush. <laughs> yes. Uh, so uh, if you didn't know, I've got a beautiful Talan army um, and I played it on the stream a couple of times and there's loads of horses in it and I love the Talan theme. So plus one to the move characteristic of infantry and artillery with this doctrine plus two to the move characteristic of all other models with the doctrine, plus one to charge rolls. Definitely helps out your your ranks of cavalry. Yes, they're moving yeah. 14 inches, Dave. Just call him Michael of Arabia. 14. Yeah. And plus one to charge and with, those, with to those charge. melta lances. You cannot escape your hoof and death. <laughs> all right. Uh, you want to do stratagems next? Yeah, let's do some stratagems. Um, I will pick a few. I think there's some combos that are important to talk about as well. All right. Um, so let's pick probably the most talked about combo from the book. Um, ingrained precision uh, is one command point, uh, and you use this when a born soldier's unit is selected to shoot. Now, essentially, um, your ranged hit rolls of five on modified um, automatically wound the target and count as sixes to wound. Okay. So you essentially have two judgment tokens there, Dave. Right. I was just going to say that. You got it. Uh, yeah. Um, now, you can combine this with, um, first of all, experienced eye, which you've got um, on the right there, which yep. is an extra AP. You can combine it with um, reroll your wound rolls if you've just got out of a vehicle okay. for another CP. And if you wanted to really do the work, overcharge las cells, one command point, um, an unmodified six to wound inflicts one mortal wound on the target in addition to normal damage, max of six mortal wounds. Um, and that is Kasakin only, that one, uh, as well as the extra AP. But let's be real, if there's a unit you're using this on, it's Kasakin. Right. So you're, you're, you're putting out a large volley of fire, especially, and I'm assuming this combines with um, first strength fire, second rank fire. Yes, so take aim is the order um, that's the new hotness in the oh, book. Oh, that's right. But yes, it's plus one to your hit roll and plus one AP. So these hot shots are now kicking out AP4 with this combo. Um, 
And if you take a doctrine to ignore cover, that gets pretty silly. Yes, very. All right. Yeah. So do watch out for that. Um, and if you want to go the Born Soldiers route, that is the main benefit. Um, but if not, you've got a few other options. So for me, um, I'm a big fan of uh, Cadia stands. Uh, I'm not really sure why they've got this, but for one command point, a Cadian infantry unit um, cannot be wounded on an unmodified wound roll of one to three. So you need a four or more to wound this unit. It's transhuman, as we call it in the business. Um, so the the most vanilla humans on the planet get transhuman. Yes. Oh, sweet no, irony. No, no, Dave, they're Cadians. They're, they're Cadians. Right. While even a single Cadian soldier refuses to yield, the fortress world is still said to stand firm. Sure. Okay. <laughs> they're not uh, transhuman, though. They are not. They have not been. Okay, whatever. <laughs> okay. Um, is so it? Just quickly, Cadian stuff. Um, we've talked about the data sheets already. Um, anything that I mentioned is Cadian. We'll have the yeah. Cadian keyword, Kasakin included. Ah, it's fantastic. Excellent. Right, yeah. okay. Um, so we've got Relentless, which lets you full bracket a vehicle. So it can fight as if it's got all its wounds remaining. Right. Uh, one, one CP for a, a normal vehicle, two CP for a Titanic. That's money for 2CP on a Titanic vehicle. Oh, yeah. 2CP on a Bane Blade, so it's operating on its top bracket. That's, yeah, that's real good. It's, it's really good. Um, we've got Vengeful Salute. This is one of the gotcha stratagems. Um, so if a vehicle model dies from your opponent's shooting but did not explode, it can immediately shoot its turret weapon on death. It has a ballistic skill of five, but with a turret weapon, you get plus one to hit. So it's going to hit on fours. Uh, and if it's a flamer turret weapon, it's going to auto hit. Right. Um, Although I've heard not a lot of people playing with Hellhounds. No, but um, it does work well on Chimeras if you give them heavy flamer turrets. Because oh, okay. that is a turret weapon. Fair. Um, All right. But yes, or, you know, equally a Punisher um, is a lot of shots. So you start getting a bit scary there. But yes, the flamer against something like an Eldar army, if they manage to kill it in shooting, you've got to really watch out because that is going to hurt. Yeah. Um, it's one command point if it's a battle tank or has the armored superiority keyword, which we mentioned previously for doctrines. Yep. Uh, 2CP otherwise. Yes, otherwise. A Bane Blade can fire its turret on death for 2CP. 1CP if it's got the armored superiority keyword. For those of you listening at home, I'm shaking my head. That's ridiculous. I love it. Yeah. It's great. Um, okay, it might be a bit much. Let's be real, but yeah, you got to watch out for that. Got to watch out for that. Yes, that's definitely a gotcha thing. It's you know, it's bad enough when you have the whole oh, I'm gonna auto explode and mortal wound, you know, scatter some mortal wounds around. The I'm gonna die. Oh, I didn't explode here. Real quick, I'm gonna pump one last giant turret shot into some unit near me. Sucks, especially because it doesn't even say that you you have to attack the attacking unit that shot you in melee or whatever, you can just lob yeah. something on the other side of the one last shot, you know, at the cross the board at Gilliman or yep. Angron your, or whoever it is. With your Vanquisher that ignores Invuns and his D6 plus Correct. three damage. All that mm -hmm. stuff. Yep. So, all right. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, when you're playing against Astromilitarum, watch out for that one. Yes, definitely. All right. The, all right. Fire on my position. Is this a meme? Um, Probably. <laughs> Because I'll tell you this, if if when I was in combat, if somebody, if I was in melee, well, thank God I never got into melee combat with anybody, but if I was in that and somebody tried to <laughs> shoot point blank at me just to try to hopefully hit the guy I'm wrestling with on the ground, I'd have shot his <laughs> ass afterwards. Yeah, so fire on my position. Um, I think you might be thinking of a different stratagem. Fire on my position is where you call down the bombardment on yourself with a box. Oh, cast. yeah. Oh, that's right. No, yeah, I, I was think thinking about... What's yeah. the one I'm thinking of? Uh, acceptable losses. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that one. The yeah. go ahead and shoot at the unit that's in melee, and you might hit your guys, and you might hit your target, but no. Mm -hmm. So this one is another potential gotcha. Um, so one of your astromatarian units that's not within engagement range can shoot one enemy unit that is in engagement range of one of your friendly platoon or Grim Demeanor units. Grim Demeanor is one of the doctrines, and you get the associated keyword. Um, you're not, not likely to see it, though. Um, but platoon means it's just your infantry, 
potentially rough riders and the toughest thing is probably sentinels um so you could potentially tag someone with sentinels and fire a bunch of vanquisher cannons into that combat um, or whatever you fancy uh for one command point but you can't shoot into a combat that has Lehman Rosses involved in it. And of course, you can't fire using the stratagem if you are yourself in engagement range. Um, so do watch out for that one. Make sure all the uh, requirements are fulfilled before you start getting your own men shot uh, by the guard. All right. Fair enough. Uh, but it's fantastic. It's a fantastic stratagem. Um, another one. I mean, there's a, there's a few here. I'll probably try and do just three more. Yeah, go for it. Orbital interference. This makes the officer of the fleet auto-include, in my humble opinion. Uh, use this stratagem at the start of the reinforcement step of your opponent's movement phase. If an officer of the fleet model is from your armies on the battlefield, if it is the first or second battle round, you can select one of your opponent's strategic reserve or reinforcement units. That unit cannot arrive on the battlefield this phase for any reason, even if it has another rule that states it always arrives on the battlefield during a specific battle round, e.g. drop pod assault. You can only use this stratagem once. Right. Yep. That drop so, pod is not coming in turn one. Space Wolf player with with a bunch of devastators inside. Oh, Wait your Zinch Flamers. You've got them in deep strike. Right. Well, at least one unit's not coming in turn yeah. turn two. So, um, yeah, brilliant money. Yeah, that one. CP, that one is that one. Yeah, that one is very cool. Yeah. Um, fainting strike. Uh, I haven't used this one yet. Um, and you'll probably be able to guess why. Um, but. Use it in your movement phase when a Rough Rider unit is selected to fall back. Until the end of the turn, they can shoot and charge in a turn in which they fall back. You um, haven't used this yet? No. Because the Rough Riders are so deadly, nothing oh, that is there's nothing to fall back from. Died. Yeah. So I played a game against Blood Angels recently, and um, some Assault Intercessors charged some of my horses, uh, and they killed two. And I wiped the squad in return with the last three horsemen. Um, it, they are something else. Something else. Good to know. All right. Um, and I think then the only most significant one that's left there, well, there's two. I know Steve loves this one. You can get back in a vehicle after you've shot. Oh, yeah. Is uh, that mount up? Yeah, mount up. If you're mechanized, you can do that. Or if you're Tempestus Scions. Um, and then the last one is um, Ablative Plating, which is minus one damage. Um, when a battle tank or armored unit is selected as the target of an attack. Um, so you can use it in any phase, so in melee, if you need to. All right. Um, but you can minus some damage on your Lehman Russ. You could even do it on Titanic or Rogal Dawns for 3 CP, um, but 2 CP otherwise. All right. I see I, I see the ablative plating, and I, all I can think of back is there was a... Uh, what was it? Ablative, there was ablative armor. It was like an upgrade you could put on on a Lehman mm. Russ back in the day, like way back in the day. It was like, you basically got to ignore the first armor penetration, successful armor penetration back when we had vehicles yeah, had AP that. values and all that stuff. Yeah. 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 So, um, nice little callback. Yeah. You get the armored keyword here actually from armor plated tracks uh, as a vehicle upgrade. Oh, okay. Um, and some units have it inbuilt cause they have armored tracks or, or their sentinels, for example, yeah. armored sentinels. Okay, um, cool. But yeah, some great stratagems in there. Great stratagems. Yeah, a couple, a couple definitely gotchas you got to watch out for. But um, I definitely, there's also some very cool stuff. You know, I, I'm glad that they're I, at least you know, we didn't. They the orbital interference is a nice evolution of the you can't deep strike within 12 inches of this one unit. This is just a no. He's late. Yep. Way to turn. So I could really throw off your. That, I mean, that more than anything could really throw off your opponent's battle plan. Yeah. So they're if they're living and dying on a on a dreadclaw drop pod coming in or deep striking some terminators in, that could, making them wait a turn could really shag up their plans. So yeah, I like it. All, All right. right, and then we're tank cases is next, Dave. Yeah. Now, how many tank cases can you have? Can you can you put you know the, one of these upgrades on every single Lehman Russ and and Rogaldorn? Yes. Yep. Okay. You could, but you can't use the same one twice. Okay. All right. Basically, Fair and if you were taking a Lehman Rest squadron of three tanks, you could still put a tank case on each one. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, so there's six, six, seven of these. Um, Let's see. Various two. Yep. Seven. Costs. Mm -hmm. um, one lets you do orders. Uh, and if you put it on a super heavy, you can do orders to other super heavies. Um, there's an ignore cover. Um, there's one here that is transhuman for your tank. Um, sure. Just in case being on foot wasn't quite enough. 
Um, there's one here that lets you take a doctrine that no other unit in your army has. Um, this one's quite good if you've got a single vanquisher in your army. You can take a doctrine that gives you one reroll to hit per shooting phase. So that's a popular choice. Uh, there's one for an Invun and uh, a Shrug against Mortals. Uh, one gets you cover from a certain distance away. And the last one, you can only upgrade a tank commander with this, but it makes them a Commissar as well. Oh, okay. So you give them the uh, Prefectus Orders ability. That's right. All yeah. Right. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Is that the Steel Commissar? Yeah, Steel Commissar is that one. Sorry, I sort of fired all the way through those. Yeah, um, no, no, you're fine. You can put them on super heavies as well, but it's a, a bit more expensive, obviously. Yeah. yeah, these are all pointed upgrades, guys. So um, the battle tank units all get uh, have a certain point upgrade, and then the super heavy version of these is anywhere from a 100% upgrade to a 50% upgrade. They're, you know, Some of them go, well, Master Camouflage goes from 25 to 35, but then Vaunted Praetorian goes from 15 to 30. So there's there's varying levels of point increase, but all the super heavy versions of the same thing is far more expensive. Yeah. So, all right, cool. Yeah. There's, there's some, there's some cool stuff in here. I don't know that sticking permanent transhuman on a tank is that useful. I mean, you're certainly not going to stick it on a super heavy or you're, I mean, if somebody sticks mechanical pack rat on a super heavy, what are you doing with your life? Like what in the world is, is going to possibly wound strength 10. Yeah. Gaskell in combat with you. Abaddon. I guess. Yeah, I guess. I guess. If, if uh, um, what do we know that, I guess if it's like a volcano can or something that's going to be strength 16 or above, it's very yeah. limited chance of having yeah. a two plus or three plus. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so there's very few weapons, but yeah, you could do it. I guess if you, if you really want to bump somebody from hit, likely winning mm-hmm. you on a three to a, to a four, mm-hmm. that's, I guess, not bad. The best one, uh, in my opinion, is ignoring the benefits of cover because it works on both dense and light. So, oh, okay. If you're not, sh- if you're not sure what to take, um, that one's just going to be a really good one to have on on one tank that's sort of really kitted out. Yeah, and that one's twenty points. It's meticulous, re- meticulous calibrator. Uh, it's twenty points for a battle tank unit, forty points for super heavy. So that's something I could definitely see slapping on a Rogaldorn to get yeah. real value out of all of its guns. Yeah. So, all right, that's cool. All right, uh, let's move on to the Psychana Sacker discipline. Okay, so there's three powers here that I think are the most worth mentioning, uh, and the others I'll just sum up with whether they do mortal wounds or not. Um, So we've got one that reduces leadership and you can't use the insane bravery strat. Um, And then you can also stop and do an actions if you roll above the leadership. Um, Then there's another one that does mortal wounds in a line and another one that does uh, mortal wounds just to a specific target. So those are the three kind of meh ones. The ones you've got to watch out for. We've got psychic barrier. Uh, cast on a six, uh, and you pick a uh, friendly Astra Militarum unit within 12, they get a five plus invulnerable save. All right. And it does just say Astra Militarum, so you can put it on a tank. You can put it on a tank. Um, I recommend putting it on horses, though. Um, <laughs> of course you do. So, <laughs> Night Shroud, this is the biggie. Uh, this is why you take a Psyker. Um, so, this is cast on a six, and you can pick an Astra Militarum unit, but only if you roll an 11 or more can you pick a Titanic. And what it means is that you cannot hit that unit on a 1, 2, or 3, regardless of your abilities. It's Trans-Hitman yeah. as a psychic power on a 6 to cast. Not bad. Great Not for bad. horses. Yeah. Um, great for something like a Kassikin squad, which you then transhuman as well. Um, yeah. It starts getting silly at that stage. Yeah. If, if, you, if you decide you're going to stick a Kassikin squad right on the middle objective out in front of all god and creation and you want them mm-hmm. to survive for a turn not a bad combo to throw out there yeah um however you can re-roll against this unit um this doesn't stop you re-rolling i know we're all very used to the chaos um priest ability where you can't re-roll and it's right hitman, but this is just chance hitman okay uh and then we have mental shackles um so enemy unit within 18 minus two to their move characteristic minus two to their advance and charge rolls so if they're trying to advance, it's minus four. Yeah, exactly. Nice. This is making a Terminator unit move three inches. Yeah. Um, and it's going to have to roll at least a three if it wants to move an extra inch. Yeah. On its advance. Um, so this is, yeah, pretty annoying. Yeah, um, especially for bigger, heavier hitting units. Yeah. 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 All right. Probably going to get used a lot against 
something like, say, Exalted 8 Bound. I'm just going to guess when those finally hit the table. Or, oh no, Angron, I assume Angron can't be affected. I assume he's going to have some kind of rule, right? I'm a, yes, be we're assuming Angron's going to have some kind of rule that he's just going to say no. That would be a bit silly, right? If you could just right. slow him down with psychic powers. Right. Um, I mean, you never know, he might not, but there's probably going to be a strat or something you'd expect. You would um, expect. Yeah. That is the psychic. Um, so yeah, my three top picks there at the end. All uh, right. The other ones are nice if you have them. All right. What about Warlord Traits? Warlord Traits, um, three for me. So Master Tactician, if you see this in a book, you slam that straight in. Um, this is uh, a redeploy. So uh, start the first battle round, you select up to three um, units. Um, you can remove them from the battlefield and then set them up anywhere wholly within your deployment zone. Uh, if you're playing a strategic reserves uh, mission, which you usually are, then you can put them in reserves for free. All right. Right. Great example. I've got 20 horsemen that move 14 inches, potentially 16 uh, with an order. And I go first. Maybe I just want to charge straight away. I can redeploy aggressively. Or defensively, I can put the 10-man horse unit into strat reserve and then rely on their plus one to charge um, to get them in the turn after. So it's a really, really flexible pick. And I think you always take this if you can. Okay. We then have, um, this might be a new a niche pick for me, superior tactical training. Um, you can select a type of order that this warlord doesn't know, and they know those orders in addition to any others. Um, so we went through uh, a few of the officer data sheets, didn't we? Um, and the command squad is the only one that has that Vox ability to reach out to units within 24 inches. Yeah. So if you can give them perfectus orders... Now, suddenly, you can reach out to those units and say, hey, shoot and do an action. Or, hey, be objective secured this turn. Um, so I really, really rate that warlord trait. Yeah. Now, doubling effectively your your the kind of orders and the, the option of orders you can put out, is that's pretty good. Yeah. So there's a few other cool ones here. I will shout out one of the Tempestus ones. The Tempestus get three warlord traits. Um, and there's one here that I think is great. Um, so it's an aura of six inches, uh, and each time you make a ranged attack at an enemy unit within half range, you get an extra AP on your shot. All right. Extra AP is always good, especially in a, in a Armor of Contempt world. Now, remember that the um, hotshot Laz on these guys has now increased to 24-inch range, and therefore when they deep strike, they'll be within uh, half range uh, when they're shooting. So yeah. good warlord trait if you go in that route. That's warlord traits. All right. Uh, the... Uh and of course, the the name characters all have their fixed, um, uh, their fixed uh, mm -hmm. options. Uh, uh, Leontis gets grand strategist, which is the you get a CP back on a five plus. I'm surprised he doesn't have two. I just expected he would have. He'd be one of those people that gets two warlord traits. Probably ran out of space on his data sheet. Uh, to <coughs> add, add anything Very else. possible. Um. <laughs> Very possible. Uh, yeah. So, all right. You want to start us off on relics? Yeah, can do. You got anything that you might have picked out? Any faves? Uh, nothing immediately jumps to mind. All right. So I've got a throwback one. I'm not saying it's good. Okay. All right. But it's a throwback. All right. The Claw of the Desert Tigers. Uh, is that in here really? Yes. That's yes, awesome. Yes, it is. Um, so uh, model equipped with power sword, a power saber. Um, it's just plus two strength, AP three, two damage. Um, and each time the bearer fights, it's two additional attacks with that weapon. Um, so this is a throwback to when I used to run Talon before this book. Um, and uh, I used to get called the Claw of the Desert Tiger because I'd insist on running that relic at events, even though it was awful. Um, so that's what that throwback is about. Um, now the actual good relics. Uh, okay, so... I gotta say though, I love I love the throwback too. Old <laughs> old old school Talarn. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty awesome. I I like that you can you could still technically put together if you had the models put together a Talarn themed army or a um, Steel Legion army or a what were the guys in the Russian greatcoats the K Kislev? Uh, no Val Valhallens. Valhallens, yeah, Valhallens. That's right. Yeah, yeah Kislev was uh, fantasy, but fantasy. Um, we're not there yet. Yeah. Yeah, we're not there yet. Although, rumor has it, the Academy's mm. going to be moving into some Age of Sigmar stuff, folks. So. What? What? 
Where did you hear that? I that's vicious, vicious rumors, lies, all of it. Nonsense. 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 Moving on. Um, right. This one's great. Uh, I should mention there is a stratagem to give some of your sergeants relics. Yep. Um, and I'll, I'll point out a few of them here. So the Barbican's Key, infantry model only. Um, once per battle, uh, you can use it in your movement phase. Uh, you remove the unit from the table, set it back up anywhere on the table that's more than nine from enemy units, and you can reroll charge rolls for that unit. The biggest issue with this for me is it's infantry only, because I'd love to put it on 10 cavalry, teleport, get plus one to charge and reroll charges, because that would be hilarious. <laughs> However, um, this you can give to a sergeant, and you're probably giving it to a unit of Kasakin, because yeah. a teleporting Kasakin blob is nasty. I, I'm sure. Especially with all the, the stratagem support we just talked about a few minutes ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, we then have Kurov's Aquila. This is one that I'm probably not going to leave home without. Um, so once without laugh, your opponent uses a stratagem that isn't command reroll. Um, you can use the relic. Uh, and ne- the next time they use that um, stratagem, it costs an extra command point. Uh, and any following times they use that stratagem. Yeah. So for the rest of that game, Transhuman now is an extra CP for them or whatever they're going to do. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think that's great, um, uh, and I really like that one. Um, The rest of the sergeant upgrades are mostly weapons, uh, including the Claw of the Desert Tigers, funnily enough. Um, But uh, yeah, that's the Barbican's Key is the best one there. Yeah. Right. So what else are people talking about? The Finial of the Nemradesh first. Command squad uh, with regimental standard only. They gain the following ability, so it doesn't replace anything. You still get your reroll ones to wound with the banner. Uh, while a friendly Astra Militarum core unit is within six inches of this model's unit, each time a model in that unit makes a range attack, you can ignore any or all modifiers to that model's attacks hit that attacks hit roll roll. Uh, I assume a typo. And if that attack is allocated to an enemy model, that enemy model cannot use any rules to ignore the wounds it loses. So take that Abaddon or Catan or something else that's wound gated. This is a anti-wound gate that is a six inch aura for core. Yeah. This is nuts. Yeah, that is kind of that. That is ridiculous. That is a. We wanted to make sure that there was something in the book that the Imperial Guard could use when they're facing the wound gated bloodthirster. Yes. And put it, send it literally straight back to hell. Uh, and this is it. And that's um, it. Yeah. This plus 30 Kaskin. Sorry, Abaddon. Bad day. Yeah. Real bad day. Sorry. Sorry. Tan, him one turn. Bad day. Yeah. This is very strong. Um, however, it does require you to probably expose the command squad um, if you're going to be using it. You can, of course, combine it with plasma cannon, arm, and sentinels because they have the core keyword. Um, but then you might be taking the uh, the biscuit a little bit there. Um, remind me again, don't Lehman Russ tanks have core? No, unfortunately oh, okay. not. No, I mean, unfortunately, thankfully not. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately for you, thankfully for the rest of us. Yes, yes. Yeah, uh, okay. uh, the horses do, but they don't. I mean, they've got last guns, but that's about it. It doesn't work in combat, unfortunately. Oh. Yeah, which is a shame because that would have been hilarious. Yes. Um, all right. Uh, one last thing. Uh, then one last um, upgrade. Uh, there is one for a Psyker as well. That's really good. Um, but this one, Laurels of Command. Officer model only, once per battle, start of any phase in your opponent's turn, the bearer can issue one order it knows from the following list, as if it were your command phase. We haven't gone through orders yet. Um, right, I think here, we're doing that next. Yeah, we'll do that next. Here, it's basically the combat buff you could do. You could take cover. Um, you could give them objective secured. Um, uh, I think there's another one for a buff in um, melee. Um, and then there's... The oh god, we'll show them contempt. We'll cover them later. Um, right, but the yeah. So we'll come back to that one. I there's, think there's basically six orders here that you're allowed mm-hmm. to do out of phase. Out of phase in your opponent's turn, um, and they'll last till your next command phase. Right, uh, and this is a unique uh, anti. It's a, it's a tactic. It's pretty cool. All right, right now you are you sure you don't want to go over the relic pistol, the relic plasma pistol. Uh, which relic pistol, Dave? The 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 Emperor's Fury, the twelve inch pistol, three strength, eight AP, three two damage. Yes, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool, isn't it? That's actually not bad. As as no relic pistols go, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I people will kill me if I don't mention this. Gatekeeper is a replacement for a battle cannon on a tank commander. Um, 
Oh yeah. yeah, no, there is a relic. <laughs> there really is a relic. Why does that make me feel like I'm playing a, a like? That's something I would expect to see on like an Imperial Guard version of like Dawn of War or something. The the video game. Yeah, yeah, you get the upgrade for your commander each time. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. Um. So this is D three plus six shots rather than the D six plus three. Okay. Strength nine rather than eight, and it's AP three rather than two. So, um, D three plus six, strength nine, AP three, flat three damage. That is a significant upgrade. That looks yeah. to me like an auto take. It probably is. Yeah, if we were I'd, I'd be slapping that on a Lehman Russ. Absolutely. Of yeah. course. And then, yeah, roll that D3 plus six shots. I'm going to do minimum seven shots right now. Strength nine, AP three, three damage. Strength nine, mm-hmm. AP three, flat three damage. I'm just going to basically side through a good portion of that Terminator brick you put down in the middle of the table. Yeah. yeah. Ouch. All right. Not Ouch. bad. Um, okay. All right. So that's the relics. Um, all right. Uh, we got some, there's some, uh, you know, basic data sheet, uh, abilities, turret weapons. We've already talked about. They can, they're plus mm-hmm. one to hit. Um, and you can shoot them if you're engaged, but you can shoot them into, into, yeah, you can shoot in engagement range or you can actually shoot. Even if you're, if the model's engaged, you can shoot out of engagement range at something else, but yeah. it's, then it's minus one to hit. Regimental tactics just talks about. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Or that yeah. that's the op, that's the order rule, right? Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Um, Mechanized so prefectus orders. Yada yada. Mm-hmm. Voice of command is the spreading of. Uh, is just is a talking more about orders. Yeah. So the regimental tactics is actually the um, the thing you'd lose if you didn't run just Aster Militarum. Okay. So regimental tactics is the order spreading. Um, so if you issue an order to a unit, um, then you can pick uh, one or more uh, of the same type of unit, so platoon, um, within six inches, and they can have the order as well. So if you really packed your army in, you could issue one order that affects up to 10 or more units. Um, it's quite good because it means you can essentially give an order to a unit that's 12 inches away um, by giving it to something closer and then bouncing it. Yeah. All right. The part I know I kind of TLDR the I was trying to TLDR through that a little fast because I wanted to get to the rule that I am very jealous of of mm-hmm. anything in this book mm-hmm. disembarking officers. That's very cool. The rule guy says that if in your movement phase an officer from your army disembarks from a transport model after that officer's unit has been set up, it can issue orders as if it were your command phase. So. If you're worried, oh, my guy won't be able to do his command phase abilities, his issue is orders because he's stuck inside of a transport, fear not, dear friends. Because as soon as he jumps out, he's going to go and issue orders. So uh, that's really cool. That is pretty cool. Um, I should I mention that. also that if you're in a Chimera, you can actually issue orders in the command phase from it, um, which is a unique buff from the Chimera. Oh, but okay. this, this really lets you get out after somebody else has moved so if you imagine the doctrine where you can get out of a transport after it's moved yeah uh, imagine doing that with a unit of kasakin and maybe a commissars inside there he drops out as well uh, and he gives you some orders yeah this is really really good however i'm gonna have to rain on some parades a little um, that's my job um <laughs> you issue the orders as soon as the unit's set up so that means when they're set up within three inches of the transport not after they've moved as well Nevertheless, it's still fantastic. It's still fantastic. But I suspect some people may accidentally get that wrong. Um, So, yeah, as soon as you set them up, do the order, um, really make sure you've got everything done in the right um, the right way. Yeah, you got to make sure you you plan ahead when you when you're sitting there doing during your command phase planning for the turn. Make sure you you think about in what order you're going to have things disembark and what order you're going to have things move and all that. So exactly. Um, And the orders can't spread. Uh, if you're issuing it while you're disembarking. Oh, you can't Vox network it? Or you, can't, you, you can't. Uh, so you could use the Vox network, but you can't do the um, uh, units within six also get the order. Oh, got it. All right. So you, so you can only issue an order to one squad, essentially. If, got if it. You, All right. Yeah. Now on to orders. Yeah. There are 18 orders. Holy crap. Um, there are six regimental, six perfectus, and six mechanized. Thankfully, um, I suspect we'll only see uh, a certain number of each uh, used at any one time. Which is sort of normal. Everything, everybody yeah. sort of drills everything down to the, the two or three you see the most of. The good thing is you don't have to pick them before the battle, the ones that you know. Um, you just know that tree um, or the other tree. Yeah. Or both sometimes. 
So make sure when you're doing your um, your cheat sheet for your army for events, you write down either all the orders or the ones you think you're going to definitely use the most. Mm-hmm. Get some tokens. If you're playing guard, get some tokens because it is mad trying to remember this stuff, especially when you, the order spreads to units within six and then you move because obviously the orders usually happen in the command phase. Yeah. So um, yeah, definitely get some tokens too. Should we kick off with the top picks? Yep, go for it. Regimental orders. Regimental orders, take aim. Um, this is plus one to your hit roll, plus one AP um, for your ranged attack. Okay. Great. Speaks yep. for itself. Fixed bayonets, exactly the same, but for melee. Okay. Puts a rough rider at hitting on twos with AP five lances. Wonderful. Um, and then the other one for these guys, I would say, is move, move, move. You can get them to take cover as well, where they get light cover. But um, plus two to your movement. Um, and if you advance, you could just go six instead of, um, you know, okay. normally rolling. Okay. So move, move, move is still there, but it is not the double move of old. No. No, no. it's much more tame now. Yeah. Uh, and there's uh, some other ones in there as well, which aren't bad. Uh, Perfectus orders. So um, regimental is all about sort of buffing your unit. Perfectus is about um, trying to do actions or mission play. So one of these is uh, you can perform an action in uh, a turn in which you fell back or advanced, and you can shoot and do the action as well. That's pretty good. That's this is good. fantastic. Um, yeah. I That's like this for having a commissar in a chimera. Um, a unit moves, gets out, and you can issue this order to them. Okay. Um, then we have a uh, full back and shoot, a necessity for the guard. Yep. Um, and then, oh, there are actually two more here um, that I need to talk about. So one of them is objective secured, pretty straightforward. Um, yep. But remember, it's issued in the command phase sometimes, so you can flip objectives with it. Remain vigilant. This one had demon players screaming about it. Um, but until you're your next command phase, um, enemy units cannot be set up on the battlefield within 12 inches of a unit with this order issued to it. And you can overwatch on fives using hold steady. All right. right. So do you remember I said that you could do that out of turn um, order with that relic? Yeah. This is one of them. So turn two, when those three flamer units drop down, you issue this order and suddenly you spread this to units, okay, because it still spreads. And you've got this line of infantry at the front of your force, and your opponent cannot deep strike within twelve inches of them. And now your demons unit, that enemy, is like, oh, that's a bit of a problem. We're way back here. Yes. Oh, you're going to do that turn three as well. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, boo forgetty who to, to demon players that normally get to deep strike <laughs> within three inches of the rest of us. So. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so that one's pretty cool. Um, uh, there's one to get saves against malls as well. But mechanized orders, this is what um, most of us, uh, what do they call them? Track heads? It's not track heads. It's something else. Yeah. Is it track heads? Yeah. Okay. Track heads. So I like pound them to dust, which doubles the number of enemy models in the target unit for the purposes of blast. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. So if there's a unit of six or more hiding in a building and you have three basilisks, you can issue this order to your basilisks and they will make their full number of shots against that unit whilst it still has at least six models in it because it'll count as having 11 or more. Right. Which is great. It's also good if you've got units that have plasma cannons, which are D3 blast, and you're targeting a unit with three models in it because they'll count as six and therefore you'll just get your full three shots with your plasma cannon. All right. So that order's pretty good. Yeah. Um, there's a standard reroll ones to hit with range shots. Um, there's an objective secured order for vehicles. Very tasty, especially if you've run the doctrine where you count as five models. Yeah. Or more. Yeah. Good combo there. Um, and then there's also one here, and this this is where things get a bit silly, right? Add two to your movement characteristic. Until the end of your next shooting phase, when you're selected to shoot, if you advanced, then you count as having remained stationary. A Lehman Russ with the doctrine for plus two move moves 12 inches. This order makes it move 14 inches. You can then advance up to six inches and still shoot as if you'd remain stationary. With order spreading, you could do this with three tanks. 
that starts to get a little bit weird. Yeah. I think that that's faster me... than Tau. Yes. Yes. Now my elite tower that are all about moving and shooting are suddenly looking like uh, grandma on their inner walker hobbling along. Holy moly. All right. Yeah. That's something else. Yeah. That's, that's, that's some next level stuff. So, um, yeah, that could be, that's definitely a gotcha too. I would say that's the thing. If you don't know that's coming, um, that could cause some real feel bads. Oh, by the way, my three Lehman Russes just moved 14 inches left halfway across the midboard. And are in your face and now hammering the crap out of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, can a unit receive more than one order? No. Um, okay. So, uh, and in addition to that, if a unit receives an order, whilst it already has an order's effect on it, the um, most recent order replaces uh, the previous effect immediately. Um, so. So you could move, 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 and then later on use that relic to give them take aim and it shuts off move 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 but what do you care it's already been activated um so the relic only works in your opponent's turn otherwise you could oh okay yeah you can only use the relic in your opponent's turn um but yeah otherwise it would be pretty tasty yeah, yeah. all right um and that um is the end of the army-wide rules we already talked about the data sheets so yeah that this about wraps it up guys uh fortunately guess what what happy happy day um uh, we have a battle ready segment from james we we sat down uh steve and i sat down with james and so we are going to now throw it over to james uh from siege studios um and uh oh wait before i do that though um secondaries there's no secondaries in this book because they've already because they've already been printed in nephilim yes um and as it stands some of them don't actually work because of the keywords (laughs) um but that's comedy I recommend you, in the spirit of the game, ask your opponent if you can run it a certain way. At events, obviously, this book isn't really allowed, and that's probably one of the reasons why. Um, but in a friendly game, just ask them if you can tweak the secondaries to work the way you think they're, they're supposed to work. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then hopefully, the uh, because they GW said that the next um, balanced data slate is supposed to come out in January, and uh, mm-hmm. we're hoping that'll be pre-LVO, and everybody can enjoy new rules and yep. and cleaned up secondaries and all that. So and loads of horses and lots of horses from Mike or, or else Hydra will be showing up. I assume. Yes. Yeah. All right, cool. All right. Now with that, let it, let us throw it over to uh, James from siege studios. All right, James, welcome back to uh, battle ready segments. Um, we've had a little bit of a break from uh, doing these, but uh, glad to have you back. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be back. Glad to help people as much as I can. Uh, first question we have for you uh, this week is um, how to paint Death Corps of Krieg models. Great. Uh, well, look, if you, if you, it, I always say that minute uh, 40K models are very much like historical science fiction. So what I mean by that is that they have a whole wealth of depth and, and of background and lore and narrative to them. Um, combining art and, uh, and miniature painting and obviously the lore is also is, is really good. And like, if you don't add in the narrative to, to the painting that you're doing, it, it kind of, in my opinion, and this is obviously just my opinion, it adds a little bit of disservice to the miniatures because they've got all that uniqueness to them. Um, so, so, Death Corps of Krieg for me, they're not like Mordy and Iron Guard. They're not all in dress uniform. They, they're they not like polishing themselves as they're, as they're marching into battle. They are down and dirty. They don't care about their stuff. Their gear is really gritty. So I'd always go um, drab colors because they come from quite a, quite a depressive kind of world in the sense of the background and all those kind of things. Uh, they're, pen- they're, they're doing penance for obviously the, the, the issues that happened in the past on their world and the, the things that happened. Um, so I always go for sort of like gritty, uh, war-torn. Um, I'd use more desaturated colors. The metallics would have obviously wear and, and stuff on them. So I'd probably do either chipping, metallic chipping on the metals, um, various tonal variations. So I do like browns and sort of maybe a little bit of orange on some rusty, like, like they're obviously, there's that whole comedic thing of obviously them using their entrenching towards a close combat weapon. So you could use, obviously put some blood effects on there perhaps, or, you know, really, really sort of damage those up. But I, I, if you're going for the standard color scheme, then I'd use like olive greens or, or, or sort of really, really sort of greeny browns and things like that contrasting with like tan as well um that's kind of like what i would uh what i would use for for sort of uh for, for the creek personally and would you do some weathering powders would you use any of those would you do any sort of like 
I suppose battle damage. What what would your effect be that? You yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Like obviously for basing as well. Um, I, I would. I, you can put them on obviously heavily industrial bases, which always looks really good. Um, the Krieg are known for like, obviously being more of a like, trench warfare kind of like really, really in the absolute thick of it. So I'd probably go for something a bit more. You're quite right. Weathering powder is also really good. Um, but yeah, as I was saying, like weathering on all the equipment, all the leathers, materials, cloths. I'd have like stains on them on the like the overcoats and things like that. You can just glaze on some some darker colors that are dark colors that are more sort of like uh the contrast the the material quite nicely um if you really want you could do some like get a toothbrush put some blood for the blood god on and just give it a little flick so it looks like they've got a spattering of gore or something on them maybe in some areas maybe on weapons on the entrenching tool um things like that um but then if you really wanted to, like, for example, with the, the sergeant with a power sword, you could give the, the, the power sword like a really good, like, energized glow around the power nodes on the blade. So you could do some really cool things just so you've got, like, obviously areas of interest by using sort of tonal variants, which is something that I definitely would recommend. Nice. Okay, love it. And when you do the bases for them, would you would you try to contrast the bases to with these really dirty guys and these really bright colored bases or just keep the whole thing very, like like you said, tonally consistent except for the little like power nodes and it, it, it does vary i mean like obviously look everyone bases miniatures differently i think i think basing can sometimes be very much overlooked um you have to see basing as like a picture frame like a, a painting looks great on its own but when you've got a really nice frame around it it kind of finishes it off and i think that's the very same for a base um you shouldn't skimp on it uh, um like it's always worth putting a bit of bit of extra effort into the base i think as well um but yeah like contrast high contrast always looks good because the base shouldn't take away from a miniature, in my personal opinion. It should add to it, but it shouldn't detract from the miniature. So, so yeah, that, I, 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 I wouldn't do super high contrast personally, um, uh, but you, you can if you want, obviously. Nice. All right, cool. Thanks very much, uh, James. I think that uh, covers our topic for this week. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, now we'll uh, close out the show. Thanks a lot. Remember, guys, if you've got a question for James, then head over to our Facebook group, the competitive 40k podcast group and you can get your question in james and uh we can hopefully read that out at some point in the future all right thank you james uh that's it ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for giving us your time and your attention again uh next week steven will be back for a discussion about the benefits of light versus dark beer or possibly we'll talk about something warhammer related uh until then this is dave Calmel from michael costello saying you want to leave you want to go off and fight the war all right all right i won't stop you I'll even put in the paperwork. I just know that every man I kill, the farther away from home I feel. Have a good week.